You're listening to From the Field, a podcast helping ministry leaders think differently, thrive personally, and lead thoughtfully. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Formation Church in Salt Lake City, Utah. My name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm the executive pastor of Formation Church, and I also lead a company called MyXP, where we help pastors solve problems by providing remote executive pastor support to churches around the country. Learn more at myxp.church. We are coming out of retirement. That's right. Well, it's only been a couple weeks. I know. It feels like it's been 47 weeks, but this isn't even the only... Uh, episode, I, well, I, think I guess it's this won't go up in October, so I think we did one in October. We have had a lot going on. Yeah. So I think that's why it feels like mm-hmm. a lot has happened in our lives in the so last many two things. weeks, which is what we're going to talk about today. That's right. So we have, uh, just to catch people up, if this just happens to be the first time no you're question? listening. No. All right. Uh, in case this is, <laughs> I would have really had to think about that on the spot. Uh, that's right. <clears throat> why are you the way that you are? Oh. That's my go-to question. Oof. So many reasons. Um, Well, I was born. (laughs) So we have, uh, for people that are just, I'll give you a real quick context. So we uh, planted a church in Salt Lake City Mm -hmm. five years ago, uh, Ridgeline Church. In uh, the beginning of the summer this year, we made the decision to not only rename our church, Formation Church, but Mm -hmm. really to go back to the drawing board and relaunch our church. So we canceled services for three straight months, and we did core group training on Sunday afternoons, renting uh, another local church uh, here in the Valley. And then we relaunched as Formation Church, I think six weeks ago, as of last week, something like that. Sure. And, uh, And it has been... It has not all, it's, some of it's been great, and a yeah. lot of it has not gone according to plan. Yes. And so today, what we're going to talk about, so basically what we're in the middle of doing right now and what has been consuming so much of our time and energy is we uh, are in, what is it, December, we are going to be moving out of this church that we have been renting space from on Sunday afternoons. Mm-hmm. And we, for the last couple of years, we have had a 4,000 square foot offices and ministry center yeah. uh, here in Salt Lake. But we've never been able to use it for Sunday gatherings because there has been nowhere for us to put kids. We have a warehouse in the back. Mm -hmm. Uh, For the longest time, our HOA did not allow us to park our trailer in the main parking lot. And so that big, huge warehouse we had in the back was essentially entirely filled with storage in the trailer. Mm -hmm. And so that's changed. And so we've been able to pull the trailer out and we've found a way to be able to convert our warehouse space and uh, a couple other spaces here at the ministry center into children's space. Yeah. So we are kind of on this grand experiment as a church family on trying to figure out, can you grow a church to a couple hundred people with 4,000 square feet? Mm -hmm. Which if you are- Not on one service, by the way. No, no, no. It'll, It'll take us, yeah, we, I think- the max number of chairs we have is 88. I think we counted something mm-hmm. like that. 88 to hundred chairs that we're going to be yeah. able to get on the floor. Yeah. Um, and so we're taking a really big swing at figuring out, can we make that work? Which we're quite confident we can. Mm-hmm. We've got a great team working on that. 
in an entire community that's behind it. And so it's going to be awesome. Um, but it's been really consuming to try to figure all of that out. And really what gave birth to our conversation is two things. One, we've always desired to have our own home. We have been five years here in Salt Lake, all mm-hmm. renting space. And, um, we have like, so I, my first foray into church planting started in 2000. Mm-hmm. And so with the exception of the 18 months that we were in North Carolina, which yep. if you've been a listener to this podcast, you know, was a brutal two years for us. Um, every other year of that, we have been in rented spaces. Uh-huh. So 22 years of being mm-hmm. portable. I shared that on Sunday and yeah. some people in the room gasped. Yeah, it's insane. I, I don't think they realized it, you know, because I, I I had just clarified for people that the call time wouldn't be near as early as it had been oh, and all okay. of that kind of yeah. thing. Um, and as I shared that, people were like, <gasps> yeah. And it's a lot. It's a long time. Yeah. It's yeah. so long. It's to a be... lot of setup and tear down and just, yeah, because you just start to believe there's no other way. Yep. I would we're say about to find it. A, a, I would say a significant wall just from a a place of full disclosure that I personally have hit is I feel like I have, I have completely lost the ability for, I'm just sick to death of Sunday being completely filled with stress. Yeah. Because when you use any space that is not your own, Mm -hmm. it is just, it it is like one week after another of endless problem solving. I mean, in all fairness, we haven't experienced a situation where the person at the space that we were renting did not show up since the very first space that we rented. I mean, the very, very first space that we rented at Cutting Hall. We and, had one Sunday. Was, we had one Sunday at our school here. Someone yeah, was late. So right? I, I mean, habitually though, oh, as far yeah. as like, a yeah, thing. that was all the time. And it was regular, but that was, I mean, our launch 15 Sunday. years ago now, yeah. almost. I mean, so it was that many years ago. And to this day, yeah. I mean, at our current space, I have a code for the door. And as I put it in, I think, I hope somebody didn't delete this code. Yeah. Because I have no other option. And so right. to this day, every time, because I'm typically along with the first to arrive at whatever space it is, and I just wonder, are we going to be able to get in? Mm-hmm. So there's that's the big thing. Can we get in? Mm-hmm. There's also the thing of like, I mean, we've we've largely ministered in places that have cold winters. Is, mm. is the trailer going to be frozen? Are we going to be able to get the locks open? Oh, yeah. Is I mean, inter- I've, been, I've been driving in the winter with a cup of hot water for as long as I can remember yeah. so that I could pour it on the lock and get in. Yep. And then once you get in the building, it's like, is everything going to, is it going to be clean? Which mm. we've had many, many weeks mm. in which it is an absolute dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. Is the internet going to work? We have to set up and move an entire sound system. Did one cable get jostled in the trailer mm-hmm. that is going to take down the entire system? Yeah. Are, you know, all of the volunteers that are necessary to help set up and tear down and execute. Are they going to be here? Is someone going to be sick? Is someone going to over? It's just like when you I mean, were- we've been doing this so long that we, uh, you know, have had like the, you know, TVs for display mm-hmm. so long that like 
they used to be, so now they're all LED, but mm-hmm. they used to be LCD, which was liquid crystal display. Yeah. And because it was in the Chicagoland area and they were outside, we would have to bring them in and let them get to room temperature before we could turn them on as yeah. to not damage the liquid crystals. Yeah. So all, all of this complaining uh, is to say f- we have been on the hunt for our own home for yes. quite some time. The second thing that has prompted us to take really a fresh look at this space that God had already provided us is it has been uh, uniquely challenging in ways that we did not. And this because this is the first time where we have rented space from another church. We yeah. shared space in Chicago, but we were uh, largely completely separate from one another. Totally. This is there's a church that. Like it's their building. They meet there on Sunday morning. They have it throughout the week. We rent it for four hours on Sunday afternoon. So it's mm-hmm. a totally different experience than what it was before. Yep. And it's our first step into it. Yep. And it has been way more complicated than what we anticipated. And so we thought it might be value added to talk about some of the challenges that we've experienced in this, because my guess would be if you are in a city that is anything, I mean, Salt Lake is a very unique city, but mm-hmm. there are many cities in which it is becoming increasingly complicated for churches to find space to rent on Sundays. So the most natural thing is to think like, well, what if we just use another church on the afternoon or evening when they're not there and it's already set up and it'll be, it it sounds like this is going to be the easiest thing in the world. I like, I thought this was going to be the simplest, easiest thing on the planet. And it has not been that. This was like the secret card in my back pocket that I knew we could always draw on at whatever point. Cause you're just like, Done and done. Yeah. It's that, already a church. Yeah. I mean, it's not your own home, but it's like one so click close. away. Right. Mm-hmm. And so to be super, super clear at the outset, this has nothing to do with the actual church that we rent <laughs> from. This, These are things that we would say are probably going to be true in any other. It's just the challenges of sharing space with another church. That's what it's, it's not that we have bad hosts or they have not been generous or kind to us. It's just a matter of these are the challenges that come with sharing space with another church. Yeah. And we're, you know, unique in particular. Well, yeah, that's true. We, yeah. In, in all things. Yeah. It's, that's the whole, like when people say it's not you, it's me. Yeah. That's true in this situation. It's yeah. us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <clears throat> We're particular about all space Everything. that we've ever yeah. used. Yeah. So we've never had, I mean, I, what I've been telling people about this move to our ministry center is like, it won't be perfect, but it'll be ours. Yeah. Like there is no perfect space, period. No. But there are some very unique challenges that do come with trying to share another church's space. Absolutely. So we're going to just jump into a a couple of these. So the first thing is, if you're renting from a church that like the, I mean, what my guess would be is 99% of churches in America, at least, they're meeting on Sunday morning, which means you are going to be meeting on an, in an afternoon time slot or an evening time slot. And so we have been meeting at 4 PM. The thought behind that has been it's before dinner. Yep. So it doesn't conflict with that. And if you get into Sunday night, people are really trying to gear up for the week ahead. And mm-hmm. so we decided, all right, well, one o'clock is just kind of weird. People are still like, that's yeah. football, nap time, whatever it is that people are doing on Sunday afternoon. So 4 p.m. is that sweet spot. And and we have found with particular types of meetings that we've tried to do that that's been true. Mm-hmm. But as far as the service goes, what we have noted noticed is that, that that afternoon time slot has impacted the energy in a significant way. The people just come in <clears throat> dragging. Yeah. And that really affects participation. Yeah. And I've noticed it in terms of singing, like 
the singing is just not as loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I would say attention during, like I'm seeing a lot more people yawning when I'm mm. preaching, a lot more people like trying to keep their eyes open. And I don't, mm. I don't think I'm like any more boring than usual. You mm. know, like I, I've noticed it in terms of humor has always been an important tool for me mm-hmm. in preaching. And it's been much harder to like, it just, I'm exhausted at the end because I, it feels like so much work to try to like elevate the energy for 90 minutes during Mm -hmm. this, which I've by and large here for us never felt that on Sunday morning. It's just been very, very taxing to try to lift that energy the whole time. Totally. What's been your, what, like when you think about what your experience has been on the afternoon thing. Has it impacted? Have you felt that personally Mm. or have you felt it with the church at large or have you been too preoccupied solving 99 problems? I mean, it's been a little preoccupying because their production setup, it's sort of this kind of role that I inherited unwillingly. Now you're the sound light media guy too. And have been on for years now. Um, But I just feel like, uh, so it's been a little um, consuming because Mm -hmm. we also like, by God's grace had a ton of people sign up for that role. And so mm-hmm. everyone was brand new. And also like, I was like one click ahead of them because it was just way more complicated than anything we've ever done before. Mm-hmm. Uh, like so for I, instance, you're like, you're training probably upwards of seven new production people, something uh, like that. At least that. Yeah. I think seven to 10 maybe. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. Like there was one Sunday. I think there you were six literally had six people in the booth. Yeah. yeah. So that was a lot. So that's where some of my mind is. I mean, for me, I've appreciated that. Like, so that's where it's hard. Cause I really thought this was like just this brilliant time that was mm-hmm. going to go great. I've really enjoyed having Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I am still tired at the end, but like, I don't know, we're done at five 30. I go eat and then I basically go home and go to bed cause <laughs> I'm almost a senior citizen. Mm-hmm. So I'm ready for bed at about seven 30. Right. Um, and so for me, I've really, I've really liked it. I don't resonate with the energy thing personally. I mm-hmm. feel like my energy level is about the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'm a morning person. I couldn't do later in the evening. That's when I start to really True. trail me off. Um, but it's, I have, I have noticed that with others. Yeah. I mean, even in general, like we've always had a very like outgoing, welcoming church, and like that's just like not there. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, in some ways, like you used to almost need like a map to get to our like front door from the parking lot. And so we had several like a frames and then by every a frame, we had like a person or a couple of people welcoming you. Mm -hmm. And so you sort of got this like trail of welcoming and now you're like immediately in the lobby's pretty shallow. Mm -hmm. And so you could be, I mean, you can get into the auditorium without talking to anybody. Yeah. And so that was different. Yeah. There's just been some things that are, Different, which for me, like I said, not setting my alarm at 530 in the morning has been a delight. And then also just having the morning to like get going, take care of some of my personal stuff, because otherwise I would like it was 530. I wouldn't get home oftentimes, especially if I like grabbed lunch or something with anyone until like 1, 130. And then I was exhausted. And so you like nap or just Mm -hmm. like watch TV or something. And then by the time you know, the day is done or by the time that's done, all of a sudden it's like time for dinner in bed. Mm-hmm. And so I just feel like I regained mm-hmm. all of this time prior to noon, Yeah, which I'm a little bummed to be losing, but totally. I understand it's necessary. It's really hard on young families 
um, people with little kids Mm -hmm. and I even like my kids are older now, but I remember when my kids were the age of the majority of kids in our church and that like four to dinner time is the witching hour. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen so many of these young kids getting carried in asleep because they like fell asleep napping in the car. So it's made the children's ministry, I think both for volunteers and for parents trying to drop kids off. It's just been way more difficult on them Mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, But yeah, I agree with you. Like with older kids, like my kids like to sleep in now, my daughter in particular, Mm -hmm. but we've been able to like play pickleball and be outside and Ryder and I go skateboarding. And it's just been awesome to have that morning time. But again, if it's not working for the majority, I'm not going to prioritize that those things over what's best for the community. Well, and we have a few parents who I would say initially were skeptical Mm -hmm. and then grew to, adjust to it and we're like fine with it mm-hmm. i think we ha- maybe have like one or two that were like this is good mm-hmm. and we have some that so vehemently hate it that i think they were like starting to contemplate maybe we go somewhere else totally and they had given it like the good old college try yeah. thing but i mean at this point it just it's wasn't been working. four and a half months yeah that people so have yeah been... so you tried and yeah. you were just like Mm-mm. yep so yeah, so that that has been a huge piece. A, a mm-hmm. second thing has been, and this this one, this is probably I would say of all these things, this was the most surprising to me. Uh huh. Is that um, different than so? Let's let's just so we have rented like what what kind of spaces? I have been in school theaters. Mm-hmm. We have been in movie theaters, community theaters, community theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the main three schools. Yeah. Schools, community theaters, and movie theaters. That's mm-hmm. the primary yeah. three. Yeah. Um, and I, w- <laughs> there's something about being in a church that it really feels like renting someone else's home. So if you think about, like, I know some people, Airbnb has come a long way. I remember the very first time we ever stayed mm. in an Airbnb. I think it was downtown St. Louis. Yep. For uh, a quarterly, church planning quarterly that we were yep. visiting. And I remember, like, I was like, oh, this is such, it was like loft. And I thought, this is going to be so sick. Uh And we got in there and it was like, and this guy's, it was like a single guy who lived there. It was real weird artwork on the walls. Mm -hmm. All this guy's clothes are in the closet, in the bathroom. I remember taking a shower when we got there. All his like bathroom supplies are in the shower. Like soap. Yeah. Yeah, And and I was just like. I mean, there was some left in the bar, but you were like. Mm-mm. Mm-mm, this is weird. Mm-mm. And, and I know like there are some people that like, they have a, a, a property that they just rent it like that yeah. and a professional. So, but if you just think back to like OG Airbnb where yep. you're just using like someone's house, yeah, it is not nearly as comfortable as a nice hotel. It just isn't. <laughs> it just feels, it is a rat and, and, and some of it's preferential. Some people prefer Airbnb to a hotel. I'm not that guy. Mm-mm. I really prefer a hotel. Mm-hmm. And, and I always tell people I need I need there to be a manager that I can chat with if I need to. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's <laughs> I would second that. Um, and so this is just, and again, this has nothing to do with our hosts as much as it just does feel like, like if you think about you go to somebody else's house and you don't know, like, are we a shoes on, a shoes off house? Mm-hmm. Like it feels weird to be like, can I get a, something to drink? Uh, are we going to eat at some point? Like there's just all of these different like house rules that everybody has. And if you care about being a good tenant, which we have always deeply, deeply cared about, Mm -hmm. you don't want to violate any of those preferences that your host has. And so I just know, I think you more than anyone else over the last four months has really kind of felt on eggshells 
about like, well, we, we want to be good tenants. We don't want to mess this sure. up. <clears throat> and it's a lot harder when you're using someone else's home. I've told people that my job for the last four months uh, between two and six on Sunday afternoons has been to walk around and be like the game operation where like, as you like grab in and like pull the like little plastic bone out, mm -hmm. if you touch the sides, it's like, eh, yeah. Eh. And I just feel like that's all I've been doing. I've been the, like the character laying down with the, like the red light nose, just being like, eh, don't mm -hmm. do that. Don't do that. That's not ours. Don't do that. Put right. that back. Yeah. Did you take a picture of that before you moved it? You know, I mean, because again, we're trying to not be, we don't want to be disruptive. We right. don't want to be inconvenient. We don't want to add any stress to them or what mm -hmm. they've done. Um, and so, but that's, um, even if they haven't put that on us, which they have not, um, that's how we want to behave. Right. And it's been horribly stressful. Yes. And I would say as kind of a third point, one thing that has really contributed to that is that when you have two, like, so this is not a school, mm -mm. it's not a theater, it's nope. a church, yeah. which means we have a tremendous amount of like duplicated supplies and equipment. Mm -hmm. And it is, so as we have, I mean, we are like 99% volunteer run as yeah. a church. So as we have, this is where I've like I've helped with this. So this is the one that's the most on my mind. When you think about communion, yeah. we made a shift doing communion every single week. Mm -hmm. The church that we meet in, they do communion every single week. They have a whole section in their kitchenette that is devoted to like communion supplies. Right. And the number of times that you or I have had to tell our volunteers, no, 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 no. That's the, those are their supplies. Don't use theirs. Use ours. Those are not ours. Right. But to a volunteer, it's just confusing. Like right. they're like, well, they've got wine and juice and, Bread, like why? Why can't we just use that? Because it's not ours, right? Which is one of those things that we've had to constantly police the entire way through. Sure. And I mean, and that is true of children's supplies and you know all things tech and production and all of that. There's just so much of that to keep track of. And the reality is, maybe that church would have been so open to sharing all of those things. But one of the things, like kind of retrospect, I mean the agreement that you would have to come to just to make sure that everything's established would have to be like 7,000 pages long. Right. If you, because, because genuinely, because it's a different entity and they've got different leadership and different everything like that, like there are going to be things that for us are a minor deal and for them are a huge deal and for them are a minor deal and for us are a huge deal. And so you can't assume anything like, Oh yeah, we'll just use our grape juice and replace it. Well, Maybe and maybe not. Like, who mm -hmm. knows? Like, maybe that's, like, really special juice for somebody, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so if you don't establish those things, you can't go for it. But meanwhile, you can't think of everything ahead of time, you no. know? I mean, it's just not possible. And so then you're just constantly, like, you know, we're trying to bring all our own stuff. But one of the values of being in another church space was not, not doing, doing that. that. Right. But then all of a sudden, we I kept buying more bins and more bins. And it was just like... What is happening? Right. <laughs> yeah. I will say that my kids every week comment on whatever juice you're getting for communion mm -hmm. is bussin'. Oh, well, they that's good. It. It's just Welch's grape Oof, juice. So. They are fired up about, about this the juice. juice. Well, I hear about it every week. All right. Yeah. They're not drinking the wine, so that's good. That's good. Maybe uh, that's why they like it so much. <laughs> it could be that. <laughs> They're like, this is great juice. Oh, yeah, is it? <laughs> another another uh, factor that contributes to this that does tie into these last two points is just communication in general mm. to make it work in a way that, because we, uh, we, again, we deeply care about like we don't, and this is when we originally pitched this idea to them, mm -hmm. it was based on like, 
if this becomes an obstruction to what we are doing or mm-hmm. we become an obstruction to what you're doing, like then this needs to be over. We don't yeah. want this to be the case. Yep. And so to, and it hasn't like, like I don't think we've been an obstruction to them. I hope not anyways. We've tried yeah. real hard not to be, but to not be has required just constant communication, mm-hmm. which is very, very challenging. And I would love for you to talk to this because you've managed so much of it, but we are like, we are functioning at our highest degree of intensity on Sundays at totally different times. Yeah. Which makes the the, <clears throat> the communication even and I'm just talking the Sunday communication very complicated. Yeah, because so and, and again, like both churches are uh, I think really have the lead pastor on staff mm-hmm. with and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. And so Everyone else, you know, you're, you're recognizing everyone else is like in an unpaid position. And so like serving, but then there are, you know, point people just like we have. So like myself and we have some admins and things that Mm -hmm. serve at a high level, they do as well. And so those are the people I'm interacting with, but everyone's trying to take advantage of when they're actually serving. The variable is they're serving between like eight and noon, which is like for us is like brunch, go to brunch with friends and like, you know, sleep in and all of those kind of things. And so that's when Mm -hmm. the lion's share of communication was coming this direction. And then for them, I'm sure they felt the exact same way because I mean, uh, especially once we go back to like a 10 a.m. service, do not ask me protocol issues about Sunday at 4 p.m. No way. on a Sunday. I mean, you couldn't pay me money to care about any of it. I'm trying to and recover. So, yeah. I'm barely human at 4 and, p.m. Yeah, and I think the first couple of weeks, um, there were some like issues just about things that we didn't understand. And mm-hmm. so like someone had to come and like, yeah, oh man, can you imagine being like napping, watching sports with your like kids or something mm-hmm. and you have to like get up and like, put yourself together to go into somebody else's service, you know? And so there was a lot of that complication that again, um, just wasn't anticipated on the front end. Yeah, totally. And then the last thing I would say, and this is more of a general principle, probably about thinking about being like maybe a church plant and renting an existing space is every church is going to make their own preferential and unique design choices to the mm-hmm. way that they set up a space. Yep. So, so think about, <clears throat> I think that every church probably has a desire to be a space that is welcoming to people. Mm-hmm. I'm not aware of very many churches that are like, we want to put off a vibe that you're not welcome here. Totally. But I, there's two, two things that come to mind for me. One is, um, People that like, there are differing levels of giftedness in hospitality. Like some people are just like, I've been to some churches in my life where I'm just like, I want to live here because they Mm -hmm. have done such a good job. And then there's other ones that don't. I think a second component would be that some churches really, like for us, we have a deep conviction to, we really want this to feel comfortable like you always say, like borderline cozy mm-hmm. and and comfort and and welcoming to people. Yep. <clears throat> but if you think about it, if you've ever been into like just a gorgeous Catholic cathedral, mm-hmm. they are they intentionally are trying to create a sense of transcendence. They mm-hmm. have huge ceilings and they yeah. are grand and gorgeous. They are not comfortable. <laughs> There's usually horribly uncomfortable wooden pews. Oh yeah. There's a lot of like concrete and brick and it feels weird smells. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It, there's a very distinct smell. And, and so they're, they're beautiful for what they are. I sure. love them. And I would say they don't feel comfortable in the same. I, I there's an intentional desire to make them feel n- uncomfortable. Like right. transcendence is Otherly. not comfortable. Yes, yeah. exactly. 
And so I think it's so important that if you were to move toward sharing space with another church, that you really think through, do we have um, shared convictions around design choices yeah. that get made? And it's everything. And, and we were talking earlier, I think we will probably do a series on, uh, or at least an episode on what we believe really goes into making a space feel comfortable and mm-hmm. welcoming. Oh, yeah. Maybe we should have Meg on for that. That'd be fun. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I bet she'd do that. So what are, like, just off the top of your head, um, and again, we'll, we'll go, like, don't, we don't have to go super long on this, but yeah. what, what would be a couple of things that, as far as, that we think about that go into making a space feel comfortable and welcoming? Um, I mean, I think, uh, like, so <laughs> we, for a long time, have, um, uh, it's due to largely mine, but our affinity for Disney. Mm -hmm. Um, Disney um, is really expert on leveraging smell Mm -hmm. as a part of the the experience. And so that's something that we have introduced as a part of like an experience, even at church and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a couple of great companies out there that like it's uh, not artificial and Mm -hmm. it's all of that kind of stuff. And so it doesn't give that sort of headache vibe to it. But whether it be seasonally or something like that, like just... Uh, something like that. I think also just um, thinking through, I think one of the things I've always been passionate about when I worked for Starbucks or in this, like thinking through all of those situations that you've been in, whether it be at someone else's house or at a business or something that you've been made to feel uncomfortable and yeah. how do you solve for those? That's like a, a great example, um, I love, uh, so I mentioned having Meg on, uh, Megan Bourne, uh, she's a really, really gifted uh, interior designer mm-hmm. and she um, and she and I and a team of people are working really hard to like transform the space mm-hmm. together and um, as we were walking through and different things like we uh, the space that we have it's just uh, so happens that um, our men's bathroom has a shower in it. Mm-hmm. And so we were looking at that and she was like, do we need to get something to frost that door? And I was like, well, I was like, I don't, I don't know. Why is that? And she goes, she goes, you know what it is? She's like, we need to take all of the amenities out of the shower. She goes, if it were just a clean shower, that's fine. But the fact that there is shampoo bottles in there and soap, um, just, just give this vibe of like, it's what I it's didn't like about, welcoming. well, it's what I well, didn't yeah. like about well, the Airbnb. Exactly. Even yeah. as you said that it came to mind and I was like, and even as she said it, I was like, that's so right. She's like, we could just put it in, in a shelf and if you mm-hmm. need to use it, then use it and put it back and that kind of thing. But even that, like, so it's a space that we have, I mean, between the two of us in a couple of years have used maybe five times total. That's what I was going to um, say. Yeah. And so it doesn't need to be like ready to use. No. And I think if anything, and I think that's part of it is like going through all of your spaces with a very critical eye Mm -hmm. and just saying like, what about this is not landing the plane? What about this might be alienating? And to her point, if you're utilizing the restroom um, and you see that it just might be off putting. So let's move it away. Yep. And I just like, I didn't, I would have never thought of that on my own. Mm -hmm. And the moment she said it, I was like, I totally agree. Yep. The two things I think about is number one is cleanliness mm-hmm. that a space oh, yeah. needs. Like it's, it's an automatic deal breaker for me. I don't care how fancy everything, like if it's not clean, yeah. I just like, if you walk into a restaurant and it's not clean, that's just so off oh, yeah. to me. Um, and then the second thing is, I guess what I would label as cohesion mm. that everything works together. Totally. I remember we had when, uh, 
years ago, living in Chicago, there was a coffee shop down the street from the house that Tammy and I were renting. And great coffee, loved the owners, they went to our church. But I remember that it had a very, I guess what I would say is eclectic very eclectic design choices. Mm. And by eclectic, the subtext of that is it felt like, did you guys like buy all of the furniture from seven different coffee shops Mm -hmm. and put them all together? You know, where every like, and this is true of a lot, a lot less and less, but I think 10, 15, 20 years ago, a lot of local coffee shops, totally everything always felt like, um, like a garage sale (laughs) or like, and there's a different point where that was even the like, intent. Yeah. Like you wanted to mismatch everything. Yeah. And I would, and, and so I would say like, that's not my favorite. I don't, that never, that always feels to me like a college dorm room where you like, well, we got a, this person was thrown out a chair. I found this mattress on the side of the street and uh, I just happened to like this painting from when I was a kid. And you're just like, cool. None of it works together. Even if they're all fine pieces, it doesn't feel like a consistent experience from like start to finish. Yep. And that's a huge thing for me. And another thing that Meg has done an amazing job with our space is the whole thing works together. Yeah. And yeah, if that's not the from, case. Yeah. And, and by no means are we saying that the church we've been at doesn't. No. I think the point being when it is a theater or something else, like yeah. people come in understanding this isn't your space. Yeah. And so anything you do, you know, the the mobile church signage that you get or whatever, it's like, oh, wow, look at them trying so hard. Or mm-hmm. we put clings on the windows or some things. And I think people were like, oh, that's such a great effort. I think when it's already a church, people come in with a different set of expectations around, well, this is yours. Yeah. Even though, like, it's not ours. It's not ours mm-hmm. on the signage out front or anything like that. That's kind of how people interact with this space. And... And if it doesn't align in the same way, then that does communicate something about like who you are as a church and the yeah. things that you value and all of that. Yeah, because when you think about even a movie theater, because we've used those before, mm-hmm. there's a sense in which, whether it's a school, a movie theater, or like a local theater, those are all, in a sense, blank spaces. Yeah, that you get multi-purpose. To, yeah, yeah, you get to put all of that. So you put that signage on, you put clings up. And I mean, we got multiple comments at the community college for years of people going and going, do you guys own this space? Right. And we didn't do a ton, but it was a blank space and we did a good job with all of that stuff. And it really did feel like ours. And if we came into this exists, the existing space that we're in right now, which is Mm -hmm. someone else's home. And we did all of those things. It would feel like what I was describing with the coffee shop where it's like, how this doesn't like this is all right feels like two different things uh, in one space. And right. so what's really important is if you're going to share with another church, their home, make sure that you really do like fit that. So if you're going for, you know, if you're not going for the big grand transcendent otherly vibe, then probably don't rent a Catholic church or a mainline right. Right. beautiful cathedral. Cause it's going to feel very different than what it is that you're after. Totally. Yep. No, I think that's good. So we'll, I think that's a great idea to spend some time thinking through, cause this is a, a huge deal. It matters that spaces feel welcoming and comfortable. So we'll, uh, we'll put some thoughts together on that and then maybe get Megan in. I think that yeah. was a great idea. That'd yeah. be fun. Um, until then you get any closing thoughts. Hmm. Good. No, I think I'm good. I'll take that as no. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening to this. Uh, we will do our best to be consistent moving mm-hmm. forward. I, we got some I was stuff gonna going to say, on. like, well, yeah, I was going to say, like, 
the last time we recorded, I was like, man, we don't have any reason to miss. So yeah. I'm not going to say anything and probably we'll do them again without fail. So yep. who knows? Here, here's but we a, do. We have some things going on. We do. On. And here's, here's my, here my closing principle. You should always prioritize the ministry of your local church Absolutely. over anything that you do externally. Yep. It's that's more good. important. And yep. so that's what we've been doing the last few weeks. We haven't just been napping and taking time off. No. Our, I'd love that. That'd be great. But our church has really demanded all of our attention. Mm-hmm. And I'm making no promises that that won't be the case for the next <laughs> couple months. So make sure you prioritize the church that God's called you to. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, we would love to connect with you on social media. So you can find me on Twitter. Facebook and Instagram at, at Ryan Hughley. That's H U G U L E Y. You can find me on the same platforms at, at Tyler Dravitz. That's D R E W I T Z. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. 